Let's take a moment and just allow the Holy Spirit to keep warming our hearts. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the great invitation it is to walk with you closely. And you meet with us through your Spirit. We know that we're not alone. We know that we are caught up in a movement of love that you are ushering in through your Spirit to us, your children. Lord, we ask that as we sit with your Word, your sacred Word, that we'll be encouraged and built up in confidence and faith as you speak to us through your Word. Guide the meditations of my lips as I share this morning. Amen. Please be seated. I'm sure you're all standing. I'm going to give you a moment right now to make sure that you've got a Bible in hand. And if you're going to look at your device, you're probably ready with one there. But if you need to jump up and grab the old school paper Bible, then I encourage you to do that as well. I'm still a bit of an old school paper Bible kind of guy. I like to be able to have something physical in my hand which I can scrunch and and work with. The reason why I want you to have your Bible today is that we're going to work through Psalm 27, a wonderful psalm, the psalm of David. And what we know about David is that his heart longed to be in the presence of God. In fact, what we know about David is that having a long-distance relationship with God is the last thing on his mind. He longs to be in close relationship with God. That is above all things what is most important to him. And so we're going to open this up a little bit, this psalm. And through that, we, say, we see that David gains his confidence for life. What we do know about David and his life is that he is often up against it. Adversary, foes, enemies, whatever it was. And yet he pursued the Lord with all that he had. Yes, he had some great failings. We know about those. And yet what he wanted to do was make sure that he and God were right working through the sin which separated, working through the purposes that God had for him, in all of that, that he might know close intimacy with God. And so as we sit with the psalm this morning, please be aware, it is personal, up close and personal. And I think that's just a beautiful thing at this time of year. Many of us are in a slightly reflective state thinking through the year ahead, preparing our hearts, minds and spirit for what God might have for us. And so this wonderful psalm uh, comes to us, Psalm 27. And I'm going to read it all the way through and then we will open up uh, some of its truths for us this morning. Psalm 27, the psalm of David. And you might recognise some terms here in songs that we sing. The Lord is my salvation and my light. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord, That will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you have been my help. Cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, 
and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me and they breathe out violence. Verse 13. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A couple of opening comments about this psalm. Firstly, what we see in David's expressing his heart for God is he doesn't really use the term God. He uses the term Lord. It talks a lot more about the leadership that he is looking for in his relationship with God. It's much more personal and it's softer. He uses the term Lord all the way through. And we can sense the the trouble that he's in, the turmoil, the sense that he's surrounded by adversary. And so as much as there is an outward circumstance, the inward direction of his life points towards the Lord, seeking him out. And you can see the dynamic in his heart as he reflects on the circumstances of his life to what he knows about God and where he wants to end up with him. And we see right in these first verses this sense that he is afraid, that he's a little fearful, and yet he proclaims in a great declaration three descriptors of who the Lord is to him and he takes great heart in this. And just as much as Peter Steike last week talked about uh, being triumphant in troubled times. Here we see David taking on confidence in and amongst the company of people who are around him wanting to take him out. For he truly is in life-threatening situations. And here he takes great confidence from the Lord. And we would do well to take on that as well. He simply says here, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Interesting, in the Old Testament, this is the only place where God is described literally as light. Often he's described as light or the light in the world, but here he's described as light. Here David is looking for illumination. Lord, shine your light because you are the light into my life. And he says, and you are my salvation. Now, often as believers, Christians, we just think maybe salvation is just the salvation from sin through Jesus Christ. But here in this context, salvation is that God is his great deliverer. He will deliver David. And in that deliverance, it is actually this preservation of life. David holds the sanctity of life very high because he knows that God does. And he says, you will preserve my life and you will deliver me. Oh, we can take great heart from that. Sometimes when we're unsure about where life is going, we know that God is working for us. He will deliver us because he is our salvation and he will work in that way. And then it goes on and says, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. Now, stronghold talks about a sense of being a fortress and then God then is the protector, the one who will save and protect and make sure that the life and the sanctity of life is preserved through the stronghold. Now, we think about stronghold in terms of drawing on from the strength of God. Now, I believe that stronghold can also kind of work in a way in which we sense God taking a hold of us. Each year, as you know, as I share with us, we go and holiday at Port Vincent. Now, we've been doing that for years, and all our kids have learnt how to jetty jump, one of the great thrills that you can do in South Australia. And the wharf there at uh, Port Vincent is just a magnificent wharf to learn how to overcome your fear and enjoy the thrill of jumping into the water there. Each of the kids at each of the age have gone and jumped off the wharf. Now, they work up the steps until they get to the top platform. But the big one is when you get and you stand on the white pole. Now, to get onto the white pole, you need a little bit more help if you're small. And so they say, Dad, come and stand next to the white pole. And they grab a hold of you and you help lift them up onto the pole. And you can feel them holding onto you as tight as they possibly can as they look at the shimmering water below and wonder when they're going to get over their fear to take the flying plunge. And what you actually realise is as much as they're 
holding on to you. You as a loving father are holding on to them, ready for when they're ready to take the leap. That is what God is like for us. Often when we're feeling fearful, we think, Lord, I'm holding on to you. Uh -uh. God is holding on to you. Yes, you think, oh, I'm clinging on to God. God said, I've been clinging on to you for ages. I've got you. I am your strong hold. And it's really important for us to hold on to these, actually, the light, salvation, and the stronghold. In terms of facing fear, and it could be that fear is gripping you at the moment for whatever reason. Fear isn't just a sense that we've got to fear what's going on in our culture, but it can be far deeper. And the thing about fear is it feels remarkably personal. It feels like you're the one who's really encountering it and you're the one who hasn't battled it. It can be the, the fear of uh, change, fear of a sense of being lonely, fear of failure. Some people have fear of rejection. I, I just fear that so much. Fear of being judged, fear of getting hurt, fear of something bad happening, feeling inadequate. The fear of losing your freedoms or capabilities. Friends, whatever that fear is, you need to know that you can take on this great proclamation that David has that the Lord is your light and your salvation and your stronghold. You take hold of it and go there. It moves on to verse 2. When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Here we have this sense of David being in that fortress. The enemies are coming and yet he knows they're not going to get there because the Lord is preserving his life. They're the ones who will stumble and fall. And then he has this sense that he's not only just they're coming from one direction, but they are encamped around him. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. Now you need to understand that David is a battle-tested man. He has been through so much. He knows what the wars are like. He knows who will be coming at him. He's quite cognizant about this, but yet he knows the faithfulness of God. Friends, the Christian faith is not about walking easy street. It is about journeying to the heart of God and getting your confidence from him. When we come up against a hurdle, a fear, a struggle... It is knowing where to draw your confidence from and not getting taken out. And David holds on to this promise and he says, Yet I will be confident, which leads on to verse 4, because this is the source of where his confidence lies. This is where it's generated. Now, the beautiful thing here is that we're at the beginning of 2022. Can you believe it? And it's at the beginning of each year, we start to think about the goals. We start to think about what it is that we want to achieve, where we want to be. Some of you are great New Year's resolution type people. I'm fairly terrible at that. I, I try to think of something at about 5 to 12, uh, loosely kind of think of it, and then it's gone as soon as I go to sleep and I wake up the next day going, I think I had something there. Generally, it's about getting fitter, you know, getting a little, watching what I eat, those kinds of ideas. What resolutions, you know, do? They kind of just fold away. But perhaps what we see here is if we want to have confidence for the year, we would take on this very clear direction that David pursues and desires from God. Just one thing. Imagine if we could all just take on this one thing for our confidence for the year. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. See what David really longs for? Though all of this is going on around me, though the foes, the adversaries, the challenges, whatever, the circumstances, I know that for the confidence for me to live, I want to seek the presence of God intimately, personally, and in a very real way. And I love it how it's written here. He petitions God, I ask of the Lord, knowing that the Lord will grant that. But then he seeks after it. Friends, it's one thing sometimes to say, oh, I want this. It is another thing to say, yes, not only do I want, I'm going to pursue it. And he seeks it. I've asked it and then I will seek it. 
and he wants to dwell in the house of the Lord. Now, this asking and the seeking is a very key part of living out the Christian faith. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, we see the same sort of pattern. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. David is quite confident here. I'll ask this of the Lord, then I will seek it. And the incredible part of that is that in this place is where he will be found. And from there, he will be able to grow in his confidence. Makes you think, Lord, I'm not just going to ask about being in your presence this year. I'm going to seek it. That's just the one thing. My greatest New Year's resolution is to enter into your presence and to know you the joy of living and abiding in you. And in that place, it goes on to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. This is what we see when we enter into the presence of God. See, often what we do like that, we're actually going with these requests of God. Lord, be my healer. Lord, be the power in my life. Lord, show your mercy to me. And yet the approach that David takes is I go into the temple and all I want to do is to behold the beauty of the Lord. Behold the beauty of the Lord. To recognise the fullness of his nature and his character and that should lead us to a place of beauty. Now we are trained to recognise beauty. I'm going to tell you when my wife and my two daughters are standing together, I look at that and I go, for me, that is so beautiful. Last night when that sun was setting and it was a kind of a tropical sky because of all the rain, I was thinking, that is a beautiful. But sometimes when we are growing in our faith, we, we are looking to God, but we're not beholding his beauty. And that is the invitation that David shows to us is that we come into his inquiry of his temple and say, I am just going to look at the Lord in his beauty. First and foremost, I'm going to be caught up in this beautiful God, this creative God, this God who has saved me but yet is just resplendent in all his glory. Oh, what that would do for our hearts to see his beauty. Maybe to speak it out. Oh, Lord, you are beautiful. You are beautiful. And in this movement that David has dwelling in the house of God, he sees that then God's action is one which is so protective. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. And friends, let's face it, every day in some ways is troubling or has its trouble. That comes. But he says, he will hide me in his shelter. And then he will go on and says, and he will conceal me under the cover of his tent. Now we see that God's protective work as we enter into his presence, guarding our hearts, the very sacred part of who we are. But he doesn't allow us to retreat to that space. What he's saying is, is come into my room. Come into my presence and I will protect you and I will conceal you and I'll hide you. But in that secret place, I will raise you up. He will lift me high upon a rock. Too often we try to deal with this external circumstances through external means. God says, you want to be lifted high? Come deep, come inward, come personally into my presence and you'll emerge with your head held high upon a sure foundation, the rock. The Lord takes us there he wants us to dwell in that place he knows that we can find ourselves dwelling in all sorts of places the place of past achievements dwelling in the future concerns dwelling in the insecurities dwelling in the drama of life dwelling with everything which is going on with our kids he says let that all be secondary dwell with me let me hide you and then you will lift up to be able to deal with all that is coming your way and leads into a prayer. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. 
My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. Here David holds God to his word. You have said, seek my face. He holds it, says, Lord, I will come. I will do that. You said to do that. And God says, and I will not turn away. And this is the beauty about the Lord as David understands it. Because here it says, even the closest, my father and my mother, they may abandon me, but Lord, you never turn your gracious countenance away from me. You're always close. There is no long distance relationship that I want. I want to dwell with you. In verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path. Here we see that in this place, the Lord is able to teach his ways and his will. And that level path is both a sure place to stand, but also a fast route to get to where you need to go. And then we're going to just skip down to verse 13. Out of all of this, as David takes that internal work into the presence of God, finds his confidence, stands on God's word, he senses that, yes, the Lord is going to keep giving him life. And we'd be right to take on this next verse, that we, as we have breath, as we live, as we respond and live in out of the joy of the Lord and in his presence, that we would choose to see what God is doing. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You can sense almost this sigh coming from David. Yes, I will see God's goodness. I will keep living. Life is still to be lived. I will see the goodness of God. I will make it. It's a conviction of his heart and it is a thought which he captures. Now, humans are incredibly feeling type people. We feel this and we feel that. I'm someone who's quite passionate. I feel things deeply. But the conviction that David is writing here is one of the mind and of belief. It is not just saying, look, I'm feeling distance from God. Oh, I'm feeling that God isn't hearing me. It is a definitive choice. I believe. I believe that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. He's taking a hold of the promise. He's choosing to speak that into life. I believe that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And then he finishes off once again with this confidence and this courage taking on. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. We want to make our plans. We'd like to have the whole year set out, wouldn't we? We'd like to know exactly what we're doing in the next month. But here, David is saying, I'm going to come into your presence, Lord, and I'm going to wait and I'm going to listen and I'm going to be present and when I hear I'll act we want to be better at the waiting oh we can create our own plans but it's the Lord who guides our steps the word for us today in uncertain times is hey you have permission to wait on the Lord but when he speaks we'll move And in this, be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. So friends, what do you need to wait on the Lord for this morning? What is it that you are pressing into his presence and saying, Lord, I'm just waiting, waiting for you to speak, waiting for for me to know your will and your heart for me? Or maybe I'm just going to come and wait and behold the beauty of your presence because that is what my soul needs right now. Spurgeon, the great preacher, said this, we wait at his door with prayer. We wait at his foot with humility. We wait at his table with service. And we wait at his window with expectancy. Psalm 27, your confidence 
comes from dwelling in the house of the Lord. This one thing. Dwell there first and all other things will come to pass. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the very personal way that David writes of his relationship with you. It is close, it is intimate. He has known your faithfulness. He is battle-tested and yet he wants to be still sure of your assurances and promises in his life. Lord, we thank you for how in these words we gain greater visions of who you are, our light and our salvation, a stronghold. And Lord, I pray for anyone who might be tuning in this morning who needs to hold on to one, two or three of those first and foremost. Lord, we thank you that you invite us into your presence that we might dwell with you. Lord, may that be a place where we behold your beauty and may your countenance be ours and may we reflect the encounters that we have with you there. And Lord, in the day of trouble, in the challenges that we have, we proclaim that you are Lord and we gain our confidence and our strength from you and you alone. And what a great joy it is that we can intentionally wait for you. Lord, may it not be incidental, but may it be the discipline of our lives to wait upon the Lord, knowing that we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Be glorified, our God. Amen. Friends, wherever you are, if you like, you might want to stand and sing with us the song that we sang before, a great song of conviction. Join in with us as we declare these great truths this morning.